Hey listeners, I'm Adam, and this is Can I Ask You a Question, a podcast where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to share their thoughts on a topic of their choice. I'm looking forward to hearing new opinions and perspectives, and hopefully becoming a bit more open-minded along the way. If you're interested in joining me for a future episode, feel free to check out the sign-up link in this episode's description. This episode is brought to you by the Everyday App. Technically, this is an ad, but the Everyday app has honestly been super helpful for me, and I wouldn't partner with a company if I didn't genuinely believe in the product. So, what does the app do? It basically helps you track your habits so that you can see your progress over time. There's a common business saying, what gets measured gets managed. Like I said, it usually applies to businesses, keeping track of things like their sales and customer satisfaction, but I think it's just as relevant for personal goals too. It sounds like a simple concept for an app, but I've personally found it to be super effective in helping create new habits. The app lets you add whatever habits you're currently working on building. For me right now, some of those include reviewing my to-do list each day uh, so that I stay on top of the things I want to get done. Another one is going to the gym, and another one is limiting my time on Twitter to five minutes a day. The app lets you add three habits for free, so you can see if you find it helpful, If you soon realize you want to track more than three habits, like I eventually did, the paid version lets you track unlimited habits and has other cool features, and it's pretty good value in my opinion. There's a link in the episode description that gets you 10% off. All right, let's jump into today's conversation. Okay, we can try to start, and then depending on if Zoe barks, we'll see. Um... Do you have any questions before we start? Or no, no. Okay. So I'll ask the first question. What are your thoughts on if we should try to colonize Mars? Okay. Uh, I consider that question in the context of um, the time period. So in terms of the existing technology, we're looking at the first Mars mission feasibly is not going to occur until uh, the mid 2030s. So colonization, uh, when it happens, is not going to happen until a period uh, long after that. So, in terms of uh, colonization of Mars in the immediate future, um, it's very unlikely that that's going to happen. So, we're looking at maybe uh, 2050 in terms of uh, colonization of Mars. But do you think do you think we should be spending like spending resources and making an effort to do it? Like is it is it a waste of time or no? Um I I would just talk in general about space exploration. So um Carl Sagan, for example, who did a very famous series uh the cosmos and who was involved in 
NASA uh, related to basically um, planetary um, uh, exploration with regards to unmanned vehicles. Uh, mention that uh, humans have always done exploration and that countries such as Holland and Spain and Britain, when they were doing uh, voyages uh, to look for new trade routes, they, they spent more as a percentage of their GDP than we currently spend on space exploration. So obviously there's a lot of concerns on Earth that have to be addressed. So I don't view it as an either or situation. We can do space exploration and we can still focus on important um, priorities in the planet Earth. Obviously, there's a lot of things that have to be addressed on Earth. Um, uh, for for uh, humans in general, you know, for example, global warming, um, uh, dealing with uh, an economy that's consumption based, which basically is not good for the planet. And uh, it's interesting to note that a lot of people who go to space uh, are very big proponents on um, preservation of the planet. So um, there's only been around 500 people who have gone to space. And um, typically uh, most recent astronauts have commented on the importance of dealing with global warming and dealing with the preservation of the planet because when they when they're looking at the planet from the space station they notice how we all are part of the same planet and they notice how fragile we are and they view the planet as a spaceship so space exploration could help helps us uh, change our perspective on our own planet. Yeah. So how, like, would you like to see more money allocated by governments towards space exploration? Are you, are you happy with the amount that's being allocated now? Or do you want to see less allocated? Um, no, I, I'm happy with the amount that's being allocated. Uh, quite frankly, the where the the place where money is being misallocated is um, the U.S. government spends approximately six hundred and seventy billion dollars a year on uh, their military. Uh, a lot of countries spend a lot of money on on uh, military expenditures. Um, so 
that's that's an area where as we in the world if we could allocate those funds to other things that that would be useful um basically there's like a two-pronged approach to space exploration now uh there's an emphasis on unmanned missions which are significantly uh less costly than manned missions. And uh, actually there is now um, uh, more of a focus to uh, go back to the moon. And quite frankly, if we're gonna colonize, we're gonna be doing the moon before we do Mars. So they're looking at moon missions late uh like the earliest you're looking at is 2026 but probably around 2028 and there's a concerted effort to get back onto the moon and to uh colonize in the moon how come how come i hear mainly about Mars colonization and not as much about the moon? Um, so I think the reason you're hearing about Mars colonization is it's captured the imagination of younger generations like the millennials and it's also captured the imagination of some pretty uh prominent people in our society so for example Elon Musk uh Jeff Bezos these you know these are fairly wealthy entrepreneurs who the idea of going to Mars and uh uh colonizing Mars has really captured their imagination um but as recently as a month ago, Elon Musk is now saying that he he's not certain that uh, there'll be a Mars mission in his lifetime. Uh, there's no doubt that humans uh, are... Uh, human exploration excites people more than unmanned exploration. And the idea of a Mars mission really excites people. Uh, Trump basically went to NASA and said, I want you guys to send a Mars mission. Uh, he he has very poor understanding of space technology. So he asked for it within his first term and they said it's not feasible. So he said, okay, what about if I get reelected? Can you do it in four years after that? And they basically said, no, we can't do it. Uh, so uh, so uh, now um, Trump is really focused on getting to the moon. And he's even made a comment where he said in the past, uh going to Mars and going to the moon are the same thing. So he's sort of backtracked on 
uh, going to Mars. But I, to answer your question succinctly, people, I guess, view we've gone to the moon. We've done that. So going to Mars is more exciting. So there's nothing about Mars that makes it more habitable than the moon? Uh, in the long term, Mars is a more ha habitable place. But from a practicality point of view, uh, with the existing technology, uh, the moon is more 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 feasible place to go to uh so mars they're talking about the soil content of mars um could allow for the the growth of uh plants there's a concern that there's a high salt content in that soil and they're actually working on a mission now it's an unmanned mission that is going to go to Mars, uh, get soil, and then bring it back to Earth to analyze its ability to be used uh, uh, for uh, planting vegetation. So, yeah, in the long run, Mars has greater possibility for colonization but uh, the moon is the natural progression from the International Space Station. Uh, we're using the International Space Station as a as a as basically a means to um, uh, learn more about how uh, long duration space. Travel will affect humans and learning what type of technologies to use in space and colonization of Mars will be an extension of that. Um, so um, it takes about three days to go to the, the moon. Um, so the moon is is basically 225 uh sorry the moon is approximately 380,000 kilometers away from earth whereas mars the mars and um Mars and Earth, the distance varies because of the orbits, but it's approximately 225 million kilometers. So it's roughly about uh, the, the distance and the time to go to uh, Mars versus uh, uh, the moon. We're looking at a trip that's approximately 592 uh, times uh, the gr greater the distance. Mm -hmm. um, you also have to realize that we've seen a real progression in 
computer technology, communication technology since the last uh, moon launch. But uh, in terms of the actual rocket engine technology, there really hasn't been that much improvement. So we haven't created uh, rocket engines that allow us to get to places faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the focus of people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos is to try to reduce the cost of space travel. So, um, and I, I may add that uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX have been very successful in this area. So they're reducing significantly the cost of a, of a launch, but the actual speed that these rockets go has not improved. Right. Uh, how important do you feel it is that we have a backup pe- plan in case something catastrophic happens to Earth? Um, so I think... To look at that is a very good idea. Um, First of all, um, just realizing that the Earth is fragile and is basically a a spaceship and the spaceship that we all live on, maybe it will give um, people a better awareness that we can't we can't abuse the, the planet, that we do not have limitless resources and that we have to care for it. So um, looking at the fact that the earth is vulnerable may, may uh, make more people aware that we, we have to look after and manage our planet. Uh, in terms of... Uh, Destruction of Earth, probably the biggest probability now, the biggest concern is human destruction of Earth um, uh, through nuclear war or basically just basically uh, uh, destruction of the planet uh, uh, by overconsumption and uh, increased uh, carbon emissions. Um, we have other risks of destruction. So one of them is either an asteroid or a meteorite um, hitting the planet. So that's one advantage of space exploration uh they there is already technology that is monitoring the probabilities of meteorites or comets hitting earth and there is actually people who are actively looking at uh measures that could be used to protect the planet in the event that uh, there is a, a, 
a potential for a large uh, 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 catastrophe from a comet or uh, a meteorite. Um, the argument for colonization, uh, one of the major arguments is the fact that uh, ultimately at some point we are going to have to leave Earth, but uh, we are talking, you know, potentially millions of years before we have to do it to survive as a species. So, um, do you think? Do you think the effort to try to colonize Mars uh, is more likely to make us uh, treat the Earth better because we see uh, how? how crappy Mars is compared to the Earth in terms of how habitable it is? Or do you think it's more likely um, to make us treat the Earth worse because we now feel we have an op- a backup plan so we don't need to worry as much about the Earth? Uh, I'm not really sure. It's, it's hard to... It's hard to answer that question. It seems like... Um, what happens in um, space exploration is sort of a uh, independent track to what happens on Earth, and what I mean by that is um, there's been considerable amount of cooperation between countries in the international space station uh the russians and the americans have been cooperating in space basically since the early 70s and uh um that hasn't translated into cooperation uh on earth with regards to uh um you know, uh, issues like uh, dealing with environmental concerns. Um, we have an interesting experiment happening now with regards to uh, this uh, pandemic, uh, the, the COV-19. And this may be more of a uh, possibility that we see further cooperation uh, uh, with countries on uh, issues because we we face a common enemy. So I'm hoping we'll see further cooperation on things like environmental issues as a result of that. But... uh, uh i i think that colonization is not a significant aspect of human endeavors so i don't think it will impact people's perspective um i lived through the first um uh space landing and what i can tell you is that it inspired many people to go into science uh, 
It was viewed as an achievement by all humankind. I think it was the single most watched event in human history. But, uh, you know, wars continued after that. And, uh, you know, countries still still uh, pursued their own self-interest. So it, uh, the, the uh, moon launch uh, inspired a lot of people to, uh, to basically pursue careers in science and, uh, but it didn't really change the, uh, uh, global geopolitical perspective on uh, on uh, on how we deal with problems. So you started off saying the question was kind of hard to answer, but what I took was that it sounded like you feel that efforts to colonize Mars are more likely to result in us treating Earth better than worse? Is that fair to say? In terms I, think, I think there's a possibility. Uh, space exploration in general has, has benefited humans uh, quite a bit. Um, so um, um, there's a famous picture that was taken by an astronaut uh, during Apollo 8, which is the first uh, uh, time that humans basically left Earth orbit. And Apollo 8 was the first mission to orbit the moon. And uh, an astronaut by named Anders took a shot of the Earth, which is called Earth Rise. It's a very famous picture. And it's one of the most iconic pictures ever taken. And uh, uh, a lot of people credit the beginning of the environmental movement to that picture. Because uh, people saw the planet as a spaceship, and they saw the picture as a very, uh, they saw the Earth as a very beautiful, but very fragile, uh, small object. Um, There's also a very famous picture that was taken by Voyager 1 called the, the Pale Blue Planet, and um Carl Sagan had NASA uh turn Voyager to take a shot of Earth um when it was leaving the solar system. So it's called the pale blue dot and it just a it just shows how insignificant the Earth is relative to other objects in space. So um, these sort of images, images from 
the International Space Station have helped uh, people um, um, increase their awareness and perspective that the planet is fragile and has to be uh, looked after. So if, if like someone was arguing that we should reduce the amount of money the government spends on space, the space program and reallocate it towards foreign aid or education or healthcare, would your argument be that space, space, uh, like the space program, uh, fuels, uh, interest in science, which will lead to medical discoveries and different things here on earth? Well, this is not a, this is not an old, um, um, debate. Uh, debate. So going back to the uh, Apollo program, uh, the same arguments were made, and uh, um, the reality is governments are going to pursue um, agendas uh, that people don't agree with and you know I, I look at military expenditures as one major example um, but there's a very famous um, I wish I remembered the name of the reverend but there was a reverend who was involved in the civil rights movement and he basically showed up at the launch of Apollo 11 and he was protesting the, the fact that uh, money was uh, being spent on this and was not being spent on uh, programs uh, like social programs in the United States. So they invited him to watch the launch and he was, uh, you know, he was moved, moved by the launch, um, you know, what you have to realize is, well, while the Americans were uh, uh, pursuing their space program, they were involved in a war in Vietnam, and they were spending more money on that war than they did on the space program. So uh, uh, the space program in itself uh usually leads to um, new technologies. So um, uh, from that perspective, it's very useful. It, um, it also um, um, leads to just general pursuit of science. Right. Um, do you have any thoughts on whether space exploration should be publicly funded, privately funded, or, or both? Um, well, I think we're, we're, one of the things that we didn't touch upon, which we probably should touch upon, so I'll answer this question in two parts, and one is, um, when we're talking about human exploration of space, 
that's basically people have this image of the Apollo program. And I think by the time we get to Mars, it's probably going to be a combined effort. We're going to be doing human and robot uh, colonization together. So we may actually see artificial intelligence and robots uh, colonizing Mars before we get there ourselves because uh, there are a lot of advantages for robots to go to places like this. Uh, they can survive these elements. The costs are uh, uh, drastically lower, um, but human exploration seems to capture the imagination of people. So eventually humans will get there also. Uh, with regards to private and government expenditures, that's been a huge game changer in the last 10 years. Um, uh, I credit basically one person, Elon Musk, uh, he has basically upped the game of everybody in the space industry. Uh, so he is focused on trying to reduce the cost of, of putting a pound of, of, of uh, something from Earth into orbit and by reducing the the cost of launch uh he's making uh space uh exploration more uh more of a possibility so we are looking at um a combination of private and uh government uh ventures into space that's 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 going to be the trend with a heavy emphasis on artificial intelligence in robots working in conjunction with humans and it's a very fluid type of situation as technology changes um, these variables will change so at this point in time i i can't really predict what's going to happen because uh the trend seems to be more more involvement by private companies because as i said they are bringing down the cost of uh of launches in conjunction with government um and also uh, advancements in areas of uh, of artificial intelligence and robotics will will come into play. Do you know why private was able to bring down the cost while public wasn't? Um, I don't know 
entirely. Um, um, part of it is um, the public objective was they would create a specification and then they go to, um, well, the U.S. space program has always been basically a cooperative effort between public and private. So even Apollo, Apollo, everything was built by private companies. It wasn't built by the government. But what they would do was they would design the um, the the rockets, and then they would basically um, tenor uh, have tenors to what are tenors? Sorry, I'm using the pro- proper uh, improper terminology. They would tender the job, so they would they would say who's going to build the module and these are the specification and they would ask various companies to come in with uh, a, a tender off offer in terms of uh, building these parts. So uh, all these, um, all of these uh, Apollo basically is, it was a rocket built by a bunch of uh, companies working in conjunction. Um, and they worked off a specification. Um, so the difference, I think, is um, the approach that Elon Musk is taking is he's working with the objective of trying to reduce the cost of launch. And that was never really uh, an, an objective of the U.S. space program. Um, they, they were just, their objective was to try to achieve launch with certain safety parameters and with uh using existing technology. So there's been a change of emphasis. But fair, but public had a budget, so they'd also be incentivized to reduce the cost of launch if they're if they're able to do so safely. Yeah, so what they did was they would tender. So so they would say, okay, this is what we want you to build and they would tender the uh, the uh, various parts so did they tender spacex well now well now spacex is is basically uh, a supplier to uh nasa yeah so they're in competition with uh boeing Lockheed Martin, um, yeah, so it's been a game changer, okay? But in the Apollo program, uh, they just went to various manufacturers. Well, with the exception of the actual engine, the Saturn 
uh, engines were developed by basically uh, NASA, but uh, other aspects like the 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 capsule and the limb, those were all basically done by other uh, private companies. So um, it's a different situation. Uh, any any articles or books or documentaries or anything, uh, or which which ones have you seen that come to mind that uh, you'd recommend? Well, um, I listened to a CBC radio show called Quirks and Quarks, and their podcast. Uh, you can Google it for June 2019. Um, it's an hour and a half um, um, uh, discussion on whether we should have space exploration, whether we should have manned exploration or not. And uh, one of the panelists is uh, Chris Hatfield. Uh, uh, today there's like, Tremendous amount of information available. Uh, Wikipedia has information. Information you can go to NASA's website. Um, there's uh, there's been a BBC show done on the development of the Orion uh, spacecraft, which is ultimately uh, the U.S. Uh, spacecraft that they plan on using to go to the moon and then subsequently going to Mars. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of sources now available. Cool. Yeah, I'll check out that podcast. Okay. Um, last question. Uh, what, what probability would you guess is the chance that there's humans living permanently on another planet, uh, let's say, uh, 100 years from now? Well, assuming we survive as a species, um, I think it's a very so you high... Can, you can build that into the probability. Hmm. Um, I'd say it's a very high probability that we will be colonized on the moon and on Mars a uh, hundred years from now and possibly one of the uh, moons that uh, orbits uh, either uh, Neptune or Saturn. Cool. Anything else you wanted to, to talk about? Uh I would just say that uh, um, space exploration in general has been a positive thing for the human species. Um, um, uh, as a result of space technology, we have uh, done a lot of things that have improved our quality of life. 
it's allowed for greater communication. Uh, so, for example, satellite communication is a result of space technology. Uh, the usage of GPS, um, uh, solar panels are a direct result of uh, the Apollo program. The first usage of integrated uh, chips in any significant amount was used by Apollo. Apollo, Apollo uh, also was involved in in uh, developing more sophisticated computer programming. So uh, the benefits of space exploration, when you compare it to say uh, spending money on military, uh, are are superior. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to Can I Ask You a Question? If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening from so that more people like you can discover it. Also, it'd be super helpful if you'd be willing to leave some feedback on any ideas you have for improving future conversations using the link in this episode's description. Thanks again and see you next time.